Hello, everybody. Welcome to Sonic Talk, episode 624, recording this extremely hot UK summer's day, 24th of June. It is, I'm told, 30 degrees plus in our part of the world, which is very, very unusual for uh, this part of the UK. So uh, we're all going to... Well, I, I can only speak for myself. I might be slightly pinker and sweatier than usual, uh, just because um, it's hot. That's my excuse. I haven't done it. I'm not feeling guilty. I've not committed any crimes, not that I know of. It's just hot, OK? Just want to clear that up. But uh, this is not uh, a uh, podcast of uh, psychoanalyzing whether my guilt is uh, bound, has got bounds in uh, in law or not. It's a podcast to do with music technology. Sonic Talk is synthesizers, recording technology, uh, live production, studio work, the whole gamut of technology that supports and uh, surrounds the music industry and the business of making tunes and beats and all of those things. And I want to say uh, welcome to our friends. Uh, we have uh, a sponsor today. Moog have joined us. Uh, we're going to tell you a little bit about there's a great new EP out from Lisa Belladonna. Uh, to sort of celebrate the uh, version 1.4 firmware. Yay, finally, where we got calibration real-time of the oscillators, which is jolly good news. And also, I want to say thank you to our friends over at Isotope. Uh, I don't know. I was told to give away some uh, of uh, the... Um, Stutter Edit too, but I haven't had confirmation, so I don't know. It maybe the email will come in during, so it's either going to be Stutter Edit or it's going to be uh, Ozone Nine Advanced. We'll have to see. But let's say hello to our friends uh, who are far and wide. Well, they're all in this country. We've got Mr. Charles Chicky Reeves there, who's in his lovely studio, where I guess you've got the windows open and the sun shining in. How are you? I am fine. Yes, it's very warm. I, one of the things, like when I, I lived in Texas for a long time where it would be, you know, for 60 days, it'd be 40 degrees and no chance of rain, but about 80% humidity. And then here is 30 degrees, but I'm sweltering because no one has AC over here, including me. <laughs> or some people do, but I don't have AC in here. It's not yeah, really it's one. Well, I see. I've noticed that your valve desk is off today. Uh, so, yes. Yeah, you're mixing on the smallest, le least energy efficient, most energy efficient devices, I hope. I am. Uh, strangely, I have like I have uh, three UA devices, th uh, three of the Apollo rack interfaces. Those things put out a lot of heat. That yeah, actually heats the room up probably more than just about anything else does. I mean, well, you know, except for the console, of course. But um, but yeah, the, it's nice and warm, the, though. Is that the uh, that must be the DSP or the mic amps? I know the mic amps take quite a lot of juice, don't they? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I, I figure out exactly what it is. All I know is. Definitely keep space between them. I've got a you know a rack space of ventilation between each one because uh, otherwise they just they overheat. <laughs> so, yeah. and it really heats the room up. So it's nice in the winter. Eh, it's not so great in the summertime, but I'm getting used to it. Yeah, absolutely. Well, lovely to have you. I forgot to mention. You may have noticed we had a new animation at the beginning there, which was uh, uh, by um, this chap called now. I've got to pronounce his 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 name right. Uh, Joris uh, from Belgium got in touch and just said, "I now you've got a new camera and you've got this sort of much higher resolution look. I, I'm, I'm, my OCD is saying that I really need to update your intro animation. He didn't do the original one. Um, the original uh, one was uh, done by a chap from Italy, very kindly. And the composer of the music was Peter Rundgren. But Joris uh, said he's uh, locked down. He's had a bit of time. So he made us the new uh, the new animation. So watch out for that next time in case you missed it. Because I was a bit, I was sort of, I forgot to switch go on the stream. So he might have just snipped the beginning. Maybe I should just play the first bit of it again. I wonder if I can. 
Sonic Talk intro. I wonder if I could just play that again without any kind of triggers going off. I better just check because it might might do something. Oh yeah, that's going to do a whole bunch of stuff. <laughs> I don't want it. I don't want to. I don't think I can play that again. That would be uh, foolish because uh, all the mics will switch off. It might stop recording. There's there's an so. Uh, maybe I'll figure out a way before the show ends, but uh, I'll, maybe I'll put a link up to it. But yeah, thank you very much, Joris. Very kind of you to uh, send that in. Uh, and we also have Mr. Dominic Hawken. Um, Hello. YouTube.com, Mr. Wiggly. How are you, Dom? I'm good. I'm good. I've been getting into the world of DSP, brushing off my old math school books. Um, I got wow. a, a license from Steinberg to distribute VST3 because I have to sign off what you're doing. So after my app uh musical sleep app i thought maybe i'll have a look at the world of plugins so i've been learning about how to create oscillators in algorithms and stuff and it's um it's really interesting if you're into that kind of stuff um it's a compromise basically of uh processor power and memory against how good you can make the oscillator sound in theory you can make absolutely beautiful sounding alias free oscillators but your computers aren't quite fast enough to make them sound perfect which basically means that in the future probably five or six years time the the process will be so epically high that no one will be able to tell the difference between analog and digital oscillators because they'll ah. be alias free and sounding wonderful but yeah really interesting i never quite understood why it was impossible to make it was very hard to make fantastic sounding analogy plug-in synth plugins and why some sounded good and why some didn't um, so that's it. So yeah, I've, I've, I've had my, my programming head on. Uh, wow, really I, I was just going to so say hot. you're going back to your school books to look. What, were you taught it's DSP like integration and, and calculus <laughs> and imaginary numbers and stuff. So it's, it is way beyond me. And um, you know, understand? I, I don't understand this stuff. But if you look at enough kind of sample code, the brilliant, you know, the, the wonderful GitHub has loads of stuff about it, and I can just about get my head around the the principles. So yeah, I've, I've been going down the rabbit hole of DSP rather than making that much music recently. Well, um, in the beginning of the show, I was uh, holding up the uh, NTS worm. I downloaded the new firmware and the Ham and Eggs reverbs, uh, which are free or donateware. Um, so yeah, well do, worth do it. That. I yeah, mean, well if anyone who anyone who missed your uh, your uh, piece on 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 that, I mean, it's worth it just for the effects alone. If you want a cheap effects rack that's in stereo, especially for your modular and stuff, you can fit it in a modular case. They sound absolutely brilliant. Let alone the fact that it's a it's a synth with a yeah, with a I mean, DSP a, on board as well. A, a bit noisy, and uh, but the firmware now has been updated, so you don't get auto power off. Woo! Which you... probably makes you very happy, Matt, because I remember when we were talking about this, you were going, hmm, Mr. Matt Hodson yeah. uh, from Maths, 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 producer, Hello. artist, and educator. What a slick hey. introduction, eh? Oh, yeah, thank you for that. Yeah, I won't mind one of those, and now they've sorted that out, I'd be more than happy to jump on one of those. Um, I've bought a couple of new toys as well. I got this, uh, check this coloured... Fan dangle out this filter by Serial Instruments. Uh, it's called Thump, and it's uh, it's a VCA and a VCF in one. Um, I saw DivKid do a video on this actually, and I was like, yeah, I've got to get that. And of course, I bought some more distortion recently. Um, I've recently got my hearing back, having had it <gasps> disappear for for a number of weeks. So I'm back in the game of making music. I've just finished a load of marking of all my students' work, and now. I'm making the most biggest distorted reverb sidechain kick drum <laughs> nastiness you can imagine, basically. And it's great to hear it all again. 
I noticed that you've got uh, you've got a very sort of noir sort of eighties shutter shadow across the uh, across the modular there. The sunlight's ca- yeah, dappling yeah. through because it's it must be. It looks like it might be quite warm where you are as well. Well, yeah, in Brighton it is. I can if I stand up, I can I can see the beach pretty much, and um, it is absolutely sweltering i've actually invested in one of these dyson it's off camera but one of these dyson air purifier fans and it's oh, just yeah. blasting on me and i don't know what i'd do without it at the minute yeah well, I've, definitely I've recommend the, one for the studio I've, folks i've got the air conditioning on in the background which you probably can't hear it's, i don't know if you can see can't hear it no it's that it's that silver thing over there uh, but anyway, whatever. Um, right. Well, let's let's get into it. We've got a few things to talk about this week. Um, well, first one. Um, may, maybe we'll actually. Maybe what we'll do is we'll go for the uh, the Neve desk first of all because this is interesting. It's a sort of interesting hybrid desk. The new eighty four twenty four. Neve being as be interesting to have. Uh, Yo add on this because obviously he's got an original me, but this is the new 8424 up to 48 inputs. I think they've basically each channel's got two signal paths and a third for a door return, so you use it as a mix between audio summing. It's got uh, 500 series rack space for some additional processing. Not sure what it's got in terms of channels. Uh, VR72 preamps which are obviously pretty tasty. And it looks like the sort of the bees, the bees knees, if you're into that world. But it's, I think it's also got uh, total recall. So you can take snapshots. I'm not, I'm not sure if that's a, an actual, the knobs move, or you just have to turn them all to the original positions because they've got readouts on them. But it's a real, it's, it's kind of, it feels like such a long time since, I mean, I know SSL have been bringing out these things, but companies like Neve, you know, they don't do that stuff very often. And this is kind of a big deal. I'm going to come to you, Charles, because you've got a Valve desk there. So, and I know you really swear by your, is it Digico that you use? Yeah. You know, yeah. you've, you've yeah. kind of taken your, the live digital technology and sort of applied it into the studio because of the, I guess, compact and all just the massive configurability. But you've obviously got that big guy there. Does this, yeah. uh, does yeah. this, get your juices flowing a cool 17 grand to get you started i think i know it's it's i mean i know that sounds like a lot to some people but you know for a neve that's based it's an 80 series neve that's based on you know like um well i used to have a, a 8068 a long time ago which was a large format neve console and i i i loved the thing and i hated to sell it but i had to because i couldn't couldn't justify the cost of keeping it repaired I mean, it, it was it was well made. It's just, just a lot of wear and tear on it. Um, but uh, yeah, for seventeen grand, this is absolutely worth it. Absolutely worth it. Uh, I love I love Neve stuff. My only concern is that um, I I have over the years become more of a an SSL an API sort of person, um, and I like the I like the sound of their preamps. It's just it just works better with with how I do things. Um, uh, so I, I am curious what their, what their preamps are going to be like on this, uh, if it's the same, same type of technology. Well, it says they they're 1072s, uh, mm. with, uh, what else does it say on it? It's, uh, let me see if I can find the, uh, the spec here. It's got, uh, product information. It's got Marinair transformers, uh, third channel, blah, 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 eight series, Neve sound compact frame, 
yeah, I'm, it's a bit light, but I guess, you know, it's one of those things if you have to ask, you probably aren't going to get it anyway. You're probably going to go, well, I suppose <laughs> you can't go to a dealer now because it's the sort of thing you'd really want to see and hear in the flesh, which must be quite hard to achieve, you know, on the cusp of lockdown, sort of, even though, you know, even though we're sort of opening up a little bit, it's going to be difficult to yeah. for the sales guys yeah. to do their job. I definitely, I would definitely, uh, I would definitely, you know, because I've, I've, so my, my Digico, which I, I love, um, I'm, my plan has been to put it in place of this one, because while I love this console, it, it does, it gets too, it's just too hot and it's not, it's not fully recallable. You know, it sounds different day to day. So I, you know, had this, I don't know. I mean, I, when I saw the announcement about the, about the Neve when, at least for the past what thirty six hours or so, I've been really rethinking like whether I should actually just sell both consoles and get a Neve. <laughs> really? <laughs> Honestly, I, I, I'm, I'm serious. I'm seriously considering it because uh, I, I I would absolutely love to have that in here. Um, and the footprint is smaller than this one, which is nice because you can't really tell from the camera angle. But the, the this has a it's very deep. Yeah, and um, deep. yeah, it's it's a little. It's a little too deep for my taste. Like I, I can't. I would like. I would love to have the the meter bridge, probably about maybe ten centimeters closer, and then it would be the perfect size. Um, and my Digico is is about maybe seventy five percent the size of that. So and and it's ninety six inputs. So <laughs> it's a lot of inputs with built in effects that are not too bad. You know, stuff like that. The compressor is really good. Dynamic compression on every channel. Well, that's the thing uh, you missed uh, on this because this doesn't have that per channel. It just has the preamps, and then I think the it's got a bus bus compression and EQ. But then you've got two yeah. two five hundred slots that you could put something else of your taste yeah. in. So you can't get that on well, the channel. Just the bus compression alone would be really would be really nice to have. I mean, they they're uh, I, I've got you know obviously the UA emulations of their stereo compressors that are fantastic um I, I, but i'd love to have have an have actual the actual gear here wow Be really okay. nice but but like the but the the one the one thing i'm not so sure about like the 1073 celebrated preamp you know it's fantastic and i'd say about half of my mics sound so so on it whereas on my apis everything sounds great so i am more of an api person Okay. Um, no, but, interesting. but yeah, I, I would, I would definitely love to just have that as a, as a something to mix through. I don't even, I mean, yeah, I would definitely cut through it, but, but uh, just to have something to have that to mix through would be fantastic. And then probably just, uh, let's see, probably, I don't know, maybe three years down the line, you might have recouped two thirds of the market value on lack of air conditioning bills. Uh, or yes. You know, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. Because, That's you know, like I said, with, with, with this one, I can't have, I can't have, uh, I, I can't have it on really during the summer. It's just it's just too hot. Um, I only run it at night, and even then, it takes you know an hour or two for it to kind of settle in and so forth. Wow. So there's some great yeah. titles here. I only run it at <laughs> night. I only I'm going to put these. I only run it at night. I don't know. Um, <laughs> let, let's go to you, Matt. I, I mean, you know, very much modular world. I can't remember what your mixing, yeah. how your mixing thing goes, or whether you just go directly um, into you know rack mount uh, mixing desk or what's. Yeah, I, I've uh, 
I've basically done away with desks now completely. I just go straight into front end sound card, just 16 line channels. But that's mainly because I'm, I'm doing a lot of this. If I'm, if I'm doing any serious mix work for someone, I'll go and use, there's an amazing studio here in Brighton that we use actually a lot for, um, for teaching. Uh, it's called Brighton Electric. So I'll jump in there where you've got you've got an old Neve in there or you've got a room with an API in it, one of the I think it's the API box. Um mm -hmm. so I'll jump in there and, and I'll I'll work in that if I want to, um, to do some serious sort of mixing for other people if that's if that's required. But I have to say that having I mean when back in the day when I uh when I was pretty much a full time engineer living in London um, I was working on 1078 Neve most of the time, but was also doing a, just a lot of tracking and mixing in the box. And I got, I got pretty good at getting things sounding right in the box, pretty much, you know, in Pro Tools or Logic or whatever, and, and, and just summing it out to a, a few channels or through a few um, like summing buses or something like that. So working in the box for me now, I, I feel really comfortable in getting really good results. Having said that, I mean, I can, I can totally see the, you know, the value in it. 17K for this I need. Don't, I don't know if it's got um, moving it, faders even, actually. I'm not entirely sure. Well, it's got, it's got the DAW returns on it, which is really cool. And what it has got is guaranteed to not have to get out um, an engineer to fix it once or twice a year, which is costly. And we did that a lot in the studio in London. It was, it was a constant thing. Our channel 12's down. Channel 13, the, the EQ doesn't quite, you just got to punch it a little bit harder or something. This, it's going gonna, it's gonna to work great. And I, and I totally get um, uh, uh, Charles' uh, view on the, uh, using the API because I think kind of API beats Neve to the market here a little bit with things like the box, which, which um, were smaller, compact, um, semi-digital, semi-analog, and um, at a good price point. And I think that got people wandering over to the API market a little bit and really going for them. I mean, they're great consoles, don't get me wrong, but I can't help think that if Neva got in there a little bit earlier with something like this, m maybe they did, but I don't remember it. Perhaps there'd have been less people, and I know a lot of people who who sing the praise of API, including myself, I really like them. But I don't think I would have used an API if if there would have been something like this on the market from Neve at the same time as when something like the box came out from them, so mm. it's, it's really interesting that they've they've caught up here, um, Neve. It feels like catching up, but I mean, um, they're, they're still. But it still looks amazing. Still, <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, yeah. I, I know. I, I mean, Dom, I realise this is a pretty rarefied kind of uh, area we're talking about. But I mean, there are, you know, as as people, there there are strata of people who you know do this professionally or semi professionally. You know, they're looking to kind of, and as people come away from main studios and and put these kind of facilities in their home, you know, these there is they they are a consideration for some, right? Yeah, totally. I mean, I when I put this together, I I built my desk in Iraq. My idea was that I wanted to get stuff into the computer as brilliantly as possible. So I bought Neve, two Neve summing mixers, which are the 8816. So they're literally 16 channels of knobs, um, stereo pan, and a bit of lovely Neve circuitry that warms everything up. And there's a really nice stereo widener in there. And then I bought two API, 
the channels, which is like the master bus. So they mix into two API channels because I like Neve and I like API. API seems to be a good topic of conversation at the moment. Um, and that way I can mix, oh, there's a bunch of keyboards here, most of which are kind of in front of me. So they're off camera um, and outboard and stuff. And they'll all go through that. I can audition and listen to anything without having to repatch stuff that much. You know, anything I don't use that often is, is on a patch bay. And it all goes straight into the Burl A to Ds, into the computer. So pretty much anything that I want to record gets recorded as if it was in an awesome studio with, with a Neve, an API, um, and one of the best kind of um, interfaces that you, can, that you can buy. Once it's in the box, I don't need a mixing desk. I do it all in there. It'd be lovely to have one. I miss that tactile kind of feel. But whenever I used to mix studio-wise, it would always be in an SSL room. SSLs to me don't really have a sound. They just sound clean and nice and lovely and and and, and expensive, really. Whereas in, in you talk to uh, Yo Ed about this, but his need definitely has a, a sound. It changes the sound. Where SSL to a lesser degree changes the sound. Maybe different on mic ins and stuff. Well, unless you but, uh, unless you process it, the EQ and the compressors. Yeah, very yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah, yeah. No, obviously yeah. you can use it as as an instrument to change things, but there isn't a to me there isn't a classic SSL sound. I didn't want a, an SSL box to impart flavour. I just wanted to get warmth and niceness going into into the computer and then i don't really need one to mix out um but if i did this is perfect you know it could be twice that cost and people would still be considering buying it to be honest Mm -hmm. and it it does it looks amazing um it's just not quite in my in in my workflow for now but given the cost of two neve things and two channels I mean, that's got to be seven or eight K, I think, something like that. It's, it's, mm. it's getting mm-hmm. closer to that kind of territory um, to have here. Yeah. Again, space and reliability. I mean, oh, what an awesome thing. What an awesome thing. And, yeah, that's a lot of money. You can buy a deposit on a house or a fab car yeah, for that kind of stuff. Um, but, you know, for a mixing desk of that caliber, that's... You know, actually well, it's one of the big hitters, isn't it, Neve? So that's the kind of, I suppose that's that's why I put it in there because it sort of feels like some kind of an event, you know, that, that something actually happened in audio and it's quite a big release. So anyway, I just wanted to put that in there because I thought, you know, that was kind of fun. I've just found the intro animation, which I think I can play. <coughs> let, let me look. There Yay. We go. That's what it looks like. So it's now, it's all beautifully high res, res, been changed a bit but Ooh, the, yeah. the actual quality of the uh, of the uh, of the 3d animation is is pretty impressive actually Ooh, yeah. kid. so anyway uh, oh i'll stop that um let's uh, now i think actually we'll we'll just have a quick word from our friends over at moog because uh that's what uh i thought i would do so uh, the music you're listening to here is uh, Lisa Belladonna. It's an 11-track EP, actually. She's just put out, uh, or Moog have just put out on their Bandcamp, moogmusicbandcamp.com. Uh, and it's imaginatively titled Explorations with the Moog 1 Electronic Music in the size of Volume 2. It's got that kind of uh, old-school <laughs> vinyl sort of vibe, which I quite like. Uh, and this is really part of the big push to let everybody know about uh, version 1.4 firmware for the uh, for the Moog 1 which I reviewed it a while back and it didn't have that and it was coming and I found it you know I found that kind of frustrating so now with 1.4 uh, which is one in the long line of firmware updates you've got uh, new features of functionality like new transform new mod donation, destination selective away uh, 
curves, step modulation, but also a real-time oscillator calibration. And I think it's a little bit alike uh, when you when you when you take an oscillator and you you you, you read the CV curve for something like uh, Expert Sleepers. It does that in real time, so you get much better oscillator scaling, which I think was one of the downsides of it. So now, you know, this, this by the way, is all Mood 1 EP of the 11 tracks. Uh, you don't have to buy, pay for it, but if you do, all 100% uh, of the proceeds go to AfroRack, which is an arts audio organisation committed to providing children and young adults of colour access to modular synthesizer and sound design tools. So head over to either moodmusic.com or moodmusic.bandcamp.com and check out the audio EP, and if you've got a move one, probably worth checking out the 1.4. Anyway, I just wanted to put that out there because uh, that's a lovely sounding thing. Actually, that's probably <laughs> one of the most mellow ones. There's some really, there's some good stuff. Uh, and uh, I think, did I actually load the, I don't think I did. Anyway. Um, right. It'd be no, cool if they shared the patches with that. <laughs> I'd like to say two things. <laughs> one is, one is uh, how do you make an 11 song EP? You know, well, it's like, you know, it's 11. So, and then the other one is like, the, it, I'm talking about the, um, the, this, the, if you pay for it, you know, it, it goes to benefit, you know, children, giving them access to, uh, module synthesis. And it reminds, it remind, yeah, it reminds me that, that, that old saying, like you teach a, or you, you fish for a kid, they eat for a day, you teach them how to work with module synthesis, they'll be poor and, and the rest and, of their you know, lives. For the rest of their life. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, that's a fair point. But yeah, no, I mean, he's not called, I, 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 sorry, he's not called Euro Crack for nothing. Exactly. I feel maybe I, maybe I feel a bit. I'm a, am I being a bit irresponsible by helping push the push modular on uh, poor defenseless and uh, uh, children? That's what I keep telling Ben. <laughs> yeah, well, absolutely. Uh, well, anyway, um, let's get on to another one. This is an interesting, I think this might, uh, let me see if I can find it. Oh, yeah. Uh, we did do a topic a while back, which was uh, we were joking about the time tosser and the uh, perhaps the ineptitude of its <laughs> name. But now I've got, uh, I, ladies and gentlemen, I present Knobcloud, which is... Uh, oh, yeah. Is actually this is an interesting idea. The idea behind Knobcloud is basically it was set up by a couple of German guys who were just looking for a way to resell licenses so if they bought software and they had a license they wanted a way that they could sell it to somebody legitimately and have all the data transfer to the new license and so in principle really kind of quite a good idea and so you know you can save a few quid if you wanted to buy zebra 2 for 129 and there's a few sellers i don't know how well patron it is but and i thought oh that's a really good idea but then as i started looking into it there's all of this stuff that's going on behind the scenes because obviously if i say i've got I don't know, Spectrosonics, Omnisphere, licensed for sale, and I sort of haven't, then there could be a little bit of an issue with that. But I think let's start with the positives and the principle. I mean, I guess for somebody like you guys in education, I mean, you probably get educational discount for some of your people anyway, but it's not a bad idea, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, when we're, when we're buying licenses, when we buy so many licenses that we do, we buy hundreds at a time. Um, to make sure that we're putting the, the right software in front of the students, um, we do get bulk discounts for some sure. site licenses. Some companies, and some of them very much not. Yeah, um, but I wish something like this had been around when I was much, much younger back in the day when I first started working with VSTs and plugins and, and what have you, because um, the ability to get something at a discounted price. Uh, is very attractive, I think, for particularly for younger folks making music production, 
haven't got a lot of money, you know, they're working a nine-to-five or a weekend job just to make ends meet. And if they're saving 30, 40 quid, I mean, there's some quite big, I've had a look on the website, there's some quite big savings to be had. Um, I, I think that this is this is a really, this could be a really positive thing. But I had exactly the same thoughts as you, Nick, and I was just wondering how well this is policed, if you like. Yeah, I mean, I think I think what they're actually doing is, because uh, there's a lot of threads on uh, GearSluts, funnily enough, <laughs> about this, a lot of people toing and froing. And they use PayPal. PayPal is the only way that you can pay. So there's always a refund discourse. If somebody doesn't provide the goods, then you can you could do okay. a chargeback, you could do that. So that's the way they've gone. They're not like... They're not in the business of policing and trying to make it because they don't make anything out of this. This is just a sort of a service because they you know, found in the past that it was quite hard to do. And so they've got a database of developers. And so what happens is if, you, if, you, if you're selling something from a developer uh, that they've got in the database, it means that they can ask you for the right information, such as maybe your account details, your iLock, uh, you know, the email you might be registered with the developer with, the serial number, all of that stuff then interfaces with the developers either via API or email. I don't quite know the, the ins and outs of it there, so that it's legit, done as legitimately as possible. I mean, it's also worth mentioning that sometimes relicensing software does incur a transfer cost. It's usually not nothing like the cost of the original software, but that's worth bearing in mind as well. You I know, see, Dom. Oh, sorry. Sorry, just the one other thing is um, I know in some cases with some pieces of software, you can install them on multiple machines. So I think Ableton, for example, yeah. as standard comes with, I think, three installs. So it's just managing that, I suppose. And the other thing was, was um, given that you've got something like Reverb.com, which is focused on audio kit for sale um, i was i was just thinking i'm surprised they hadn't maybe or maybe they had thought about doing something like this and then decided not to for for whatever reason and having that as a wing of their website on reverb.com that was just yeah. focused on software licenses well maybe they're looking to purchase a certain german company who knows i, I mean they do do that reverb do do software sales because when we, we we were talking to them about affiliate deals way in the back in the past and they were really pushing uh, reverb digital at us but it just didn't didn't work out for whatever reason dom i don't know what do you think about this i mean you're a software developer i mean in principle it feels like a benign and, and great thing but do, do we yeah, trust the totally. crooks to not <laughs> scam it <laughs> well, i mean the principle of of buying software has always kind of felt like you can't sell it for some reason and i think you know in general it's quite complicated to do that stuff so if i if i bought something and i no longer use it and someone wants it i can sell it to them with a discount no, the principle is absolutely perfect and should apply to software just so much as it applies to my car or um or my synths or whatever that might be um it's interesting that they're not policing it because clearly policing it brings up a whole host of responsibilities of responsibility yeah. and difficulty so their business model is going to be to get bought by reverb i would imagine um which is an excellent business model actually um or you know, um, they'll just, it's usually the second people through the door that, that actually make something of it. The, 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 the ground leaders, you know, normally have problems getting something new out. So if they can establish the market with this, then other people will either jump on it and, and buy them. I mean, there's weird and wonderful things. I wanted to sell my machine I bought ages ago and I couldn't because it was linked to a discount that I'd got on some native instruments stuff. So I've just had to hang on to this thing because 
I can't sell the rights to any of the software without losing the entire suite that I've ended up spending much more money on. You know, there are problems with doing this stuff. I just wonder as well, you should really be able to apply this to sample libraries. I've finished with this drum pack, but uh, yeah, Mm, unless they're locked, unless they're locked as say, um, a contact package or something where you have to physically deinstall and move on. It, it, it doesn't really work. But like you, I, I think the principle of this should should be possible. Um, I'd say PayPal as a means of backing out is kind of okay, but they, yeah. they don't days. always. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they don't Plus. always find on the on the purchase side, and you shouldn't be doing that too much. But you know. Um, Let's just see what happens. I mean, I, I would I would buy something off there if I wanted it and it was cheap enough just to sort of see what happened, knowing that PayPal would refund me. And I think that should really apply to everybody. So there's there's certainly, you know, an opportunity for everyone to give it a go, knowing that they're not going to have anything to lose. So it's, it's definitely a good thing. Yeah. Hello, Charles. I, I, I mean, I guess, you know, like you, like Ty, I mean, I imagine if we talked to Ty as well, he'd be saying, yeah, well, I've got, you know, the amount of software libraries he's got uh, and just plugins and whatnot. I mean, it would, you know, remonetizing them was is a sort of, it's never really something I, I've ever thought about. I don't know about you. Yeah. I, I mean, to me, once I spend money on a piece of software, I just, I look at that money as just gone i i mean it's I, i'll use the software and so forth and if i don't then i've just pissed away some money but the uh <clears throat> i've never thought about remonetizing you know I, I thinking about the whole thing about like reverb possibly now and i don't want to start a rumor that reverb's going to buy this company but I, maybe one of the reasons reverb hasn't done it is because i don't see how you can make much money on this partly because you're not going to have a massive supply and you'll have you'll have an okay demand, but never a massive supply. It's not like, oh, yeah, we have a thousand licenses I mean, yeah. of this to sell. You know, where you know where volume volume is how you make your money. But you know, if you're just if you're basically just able to even add a couple of euros onto the onto the price of it, well, it's just, you've you've got to you've got to think there's got to be some market for say you know a software company decides they bring a new version of a, a of a plugin out or a, a, a reworking, something that replaces the original one, and they've got a couple of thousand serial numbers that for the old one, chuck it on here. You know, I mean, that's not a bad model, potentially. You know, maybe yeah. maybe if that's the case commercially, yeah. then, you know, they, yeah. these guys could take a bit of a skim on some on something, and that would be fair enough. I don't know, maybe that would work. I mean, if, if, that whole, if their site became like a, a, a promotional site, like if it became a like a company said, okay, we're going to do a deal with these guys so that they promote the previous versions of of whatever this new software is, or whatever the software is, you know, I could see that I could see a, a business model there, um, but otherwise, they, even the company could just directly, you know, it's it's like uh, sell it directly. Yeah, they've got their own like program. it's like modern modern capitalism. Just print a bunch of money if you want. <laughs> Yeah. There you go. So you just make up a bunch um, of serial numbers and make some cash. Yeah. I mean, fundamentally, I, you're you're putting you're pushing the developers to move to subscription models to stop this. It's not in the developers' interest to sell secondhand licenses on KnobCloud um, because they've lost a that. sale. So there's and nothing they to anything. really. Yeah. They get nothing. That resale of the license doesn't sell. Yeah. Yeah, so so true. where I a developer and kind of am, but I've not got VSTs out there or whatever, then then this would be an annoyance, I guess. It wouldn't be in my interest commercially mm. to support it. Um, and yet 
in some ways that's because I've had it so good for so long as a developer that, you know, I've taken it for granted that no one's asking me for their money back or, or and there yeah, is no second hand market. Well, and also, I mean, you know, there is the piracy issue that, you know, the developers take the hit because a lot of their yep. stuff gets pirated. So they're not making those sales in the first place. Matt, you sounded like you wanted to come in. Uh, yeah, there was one thing recently. I reinstalled all my, my software recently and I noticed that there's a couple of pieces of software. I won't mention who unless you want me to, um, that are no longer being developed. And these are, you know, pieces of software that you've bought, you've invested in, you're using, and then they're not being developed. And then you, you realize that they start crapping out halfway through a session and things, and, you, and they start slowly kind of digitally breaking and fading away on you. And it's a, that's really a bit depressing. That really is, my money's gone on that. That's it. There's nothing I can do about it because they're not going to look into fixing bugs or something for one or two people. Mm, that, no, that's, that's true. That's well, they might not be anybody there to do that. I mean, by the same token, I think we've talked about this before, if a software becomes obsolete, at some point, you know, the, the original developer who maybe has gone into trout farming or something and doesn't really want the expense yeah. of running the authorization server somewhere or not anymore. Yeah, or if you're I think the, that's a if real... You run, if you run road microphones, you, you go and buy um, Kurt Cobain's acoustic guitar. Was it him? Oh, okay. Right. Yeah, it was him. Um, just one, one thing. Sorry. Um, sorry, Dom. Just um, one thing. If anyone's interested, I, I scored this. This is only on for a few more days. This is just talking about buying stuff and discount and stuff. Uh, Sennheiser selling their HD 25 over, he over ear headphones, which I, I really like. People call them DJ headphones, but I really like them. I think they sound great. They're very lightweight. And they're on sale for 87 quid brand new at the minute. And that's down from 130 quid. So there's about 50 quid saving oh, on I'm those. Just, I'm loading this up. Industry um, sale. There we go. Yeah, there we go. And they, Yeah, there you nice. go. And that, that, I think it's only to the end of the month. And I, I just I just went for it. And just as it happened that I haven't got a pair of headphones that work anymore in my studio. <laughs> and I thought these, these would be great for just checking out a few things. You know, I use them in the studio mainly for checking out things like reverbs and, and bass and that kind of thing as, as you do. But they're yeah, also yeah. lightweight. They look cool. And I think they sound great. I don't know if you've tried them. I haven't. Hmm. I've never really got on with Sennheisers. They don't. They don't f work with my ears somehow. I'm a, more <laughs> of a Sony. I'm a Sony guy when it comes to headphones. Yeah. But uh, yeah. Can anyway, I just add one. I just one other thing on the, uh, talking about software that stops being developed. It tends to, it tends to happen for two reasons. One is that they don't stay enough, or the original developer has problems, or you know perhaps they pass away or whatever. Um, and the other one is when they bought out. So Apple did it when they bought out that sampling technology that ends up just ended up in the new version of Apple, where the multi-sampling stuff started out in main stage. I forget the name of the software, but it was a small French Redmatica company, was, Redmatica, yeah. and that just Italian. disappeared, which was really annoying. Um, they took it off the market and then took about four years to actually release it again. Um, but where it's a developer that's just literally kind of closing down or got problems or got bored even, that's just a classic opportunity to open source it. Just give it away. If you're not going to make any more money, open source the code. Other people will pick it up. So any developers looking at have got old products on there, if they're not being used, just get that code out there um, because other people can pick it up and fix it and it'll cost you absolutely nothing and it just adds back into the to the industry um right. otherwise you do end up with it on, on a complete dead end so yeah i just want to say give a friend. shout out to ham and eggs in ham and egg music in the chat room uh youtube chat room who turned up because i was talking about the ham and egg uh uh in the uh in the Korg nts so anyway mm. 
but it wasn't in the main show. Okay, um, I should probably do the competition time. I think it is. Let's go. Building on a 17-year legacy in audio mastering, Ozone 9 brings balance to your mix with never-before-seen processing for low-end, real-time instrument separation, and lightning-fast workflows powered by machine learning. Expect lower CPU usage and shorter startup times with Ozone 9 compared to Ozone 8. Experience fluid metering in a fully resizable environment that lets you track the most subtle details of your audio. Use more plugins at once, mix while you master without worrying about slowdowns or dropouts. And immerse yourself in a smooth, modern experience designed to keep you in your creative flow. As you can see, Ozone 9 is the fastest way to get your master off the ground. Thank you so much for watching. Be sure to check out our other videos and head to isotope.com to learn more about mixing and mastering and to download your free trial of Ozone 9. Indeed. Uh, so I didn't get the confirmation that I could give away a copy of uh, Stutter Edit 2, so maybe that will happen next week. I can't say for sure, but uh, BT was keen. I was just waiting for the, the marketing folks to come back. But you can win a copy of Isotope Ozone 9. So we're looking for the hashtag this week, uh, Ozone 9 Advance, I should be. The hashtag your best mix and the hashtag Ozone 9 to at Sonic State and at Isotope Inc. That's the hashtag your best mix, one word, and the hashtag Ozone 9 to at Sonic State and at Isotope Inc. Um, we thank them for providing the prize and perhaps there will be something else next week and we have a winner for last week's show uh, which has got a rather amusing uh, title this is called uh, At Pants of Death not quite sure what that is it sounds like it could be a comedy heavy metal band I'm not quite sure but At Pants of Death uh, they uh, tweeted the winning tweet so uh, if you want to get in touch uh, uh, his bio says he's older than like fatter than I should be iOS musician IT consultant sometime cartoonist and sporadic blogger there we go Pants of Death I'm I think he's got some music out there. But if you get in touch, then uh, we'll be able to uh, get that onto you. And like I say, we might be able to get uh, something onto Stutter Edit. We had BT on last week, and he was itching to tell us. And he was, uh, to be fair, he was very restrained. Uh, but as it, as it what they, they hit the uh, embargo this morning, and I literally got sent a copy of the code, and I did a really quick sort of look. I don't know if anyone else has uh, seen Stutter Edit or had a chance to check mm. it out. Uh, I think I have. you have. Have you? Let me have a look. I think I've got. I can't, yeah, can't find it. Watch. Yeah, I yeah. watch. I was. Okay. I was a. I was a beta tester on it. Ah, right. Is it the yeah. sort of thing? Because I was thinking you could use this live in FX world, and I'd be, but I mean, yes. at first yes, look, I could. I was there <laughs> yes, just sort of going. I, <laughs> I can't. There's just too much for me to take in at once. So I just flipped <clears> a few presets and a, a bit of an explore. You might know more than me, obviously. Yeah, it's it's a lot. It's it's a. I think the interface is. Well, I thought this is true kind of of the other one too. I think the interface is a little bit busy for my taste, but that doesn't matter because it is really cool what it can do. And it can do some some very subtle things, but for certainly for live, I, I would I would use that. But I mean I, I use it whenever I do remixing and stuff like that, I'll just subtly do things to you know, because whenever I do remixing, I pretty much only keep the voice and then build a whole new track. But um I'll do subtle things using Stutter Edit, but I've I've been experimenting with Stutter Edit too on on uh, on remixes of late, and it's it's definitely uh, been a nice nice bit of kit to have in my arsenal. Yeah, I love it. I, I suppose great. I should play a bit of an intro video. Okay, well I've got our video here, which uh, we shot I shot this morning, and then this this is the uh, is it actually making a noise? It doesn't appear. Oh, I've got to switch the audio on, haven't I? Yeah, let's switch the audio on. That'll probably be useful. 
Uh, Is there an air gap? Brings movement to your mix faster and with more versatility than ever before. So let's dive into what's new in Stutter Edit 2. Actually, probably not. It's a five-minute video. Good grief. I didn't realise it was quite so long. I was looking for a shorter one that I could play for the competition, but I didn't. never did find one, but I thought I'd play a bit of my review. I think I did some stuff at the end here, which is just basically... I just grabbed a couple of Loop, loop Masters, uh, Loop Cloud samples. A few more. So we've got a few more iterations. We've got this is weird. It's very meta. Harvey me playing uh, me. To Windows 10. <laughs> Plug in. But... Can I make that? Will it go full screen? Yeah, so we can have... It's just too late, but it's really interesting, this whole real-time nature of it and the fact you assign effects. If you never played it, I, I kind of hadn't... Because I didn't review the original one, and it's the fact that you could just play each effect, which may be subtle or extreme or time-based or just a bit more general, just trigger it, like put it on a bus or on an individual mm -hmm. instrument. It's really interesting. I don't know... Um, Dom, it sounds so, like the sort of thing you might be interested in. Yeah, yeah, I'm new to the party, so uh, I'm thinking... It's like a core chaos pad that's been sort of. filtered through yes. BT's completely caffeinated, bonkers <laughs> in the best <laughs> way kind of head. Is, is that what we're talking that about? Is, that is with perfectly way, way more complicated. But yes, that's kind of not <laughs> yeah. bad. I mean, it sounds perfect. It just sounds brilliant. I mean, what, why would you not want to use one of these things? The chaos, yeah. particularly when we're we're um, doing more and more kind of doorless live stuff and playing, and um, whether you're a DJ or playing or whatever, the chaos pads are brilliant. I know, I know a, a guy with about ten all lined up on his live rig. That you know, he's just firing off on all sorts of different instruments. Um, and this just, this just sounds brilliant because if you can start mixing in clock signals from MIDI and and trigger notes and stuff rather than just by touching a panel, it just, it sounds brilliant. Unfortunately, I haven't tried it. I wasn't a beta tester, but I, I just can't wait to give it a go. It sounds perfect. Oh, well, there we go. I'm, uh, so, yeah, definitely, it, definitely sorry. use it. Definitely use it. It's, I was going to say it's, it's, it is great. And, and the comparison to the chaos pad is, is very accurate. Like I, I, one of my signature things for live shows is I use chaos pads when I'm mixing bands live is I'll, I'll, I'll bring in various things from the console, feed it into chaos pads, chop it up and spit it back out and send it to the stage so they can hear it. And that's, Pan the sub bass. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> What's um, what, what what price is it? I can't see. Uh, it's one hundred ninety nine bucks, I believe. Matt, uh, Matt sorry, so. you said you saw that. Have you? Uh, you yeah. I seem to remember we talked about the original, maybe with you at some point. Maybe it wasn't. You were probably a bit before your time. Uh, yeah, I did. I. I... I did use the original. In fact, I think I've probably got a license for it that I need to install. I mean, to just, set up a or need to sell. <laughs> yeah, or I could sell. Um, probably not, because what I use, what I was using this for, I was using this for live, which is great. Just running your voice through it live, hitting a key, and then it's sort of mashing it up is brilliant, and and it being tempo synced and things like that. But also, and I've I've talked about this a few times on this show is. Sometimes I'm just not in the mood for writing music and I just want to have a session where I'm just sound designing and I'm just making samples and I might just run beats through it or I might try and make some weird one shots and then just have them in a folder ready for the next time I come into the studio and then mm. I'll grab them and I've suddenly got some fresh material to play with. It's one of those plugins, I think, that, that really lends itself to working in that way and, and to come up with some fresh new ideas bounce it all out have some fun have a glass of wine while you do it render it all out and then you've got some really tasty material to play with 
It's really cool. That's an interesting High idea. quality as well. I, I must admit, you talk about the yeah. base there as well. Working with it on base and then getting it to run through some of those kind of uh, the manglers and distortion stuff is, yeah, it's great. It's the sort of stuff that you wouldn't normally do, which is, you know, panning your bass or distorting your bass beyond recognition or putting your bass through a reverb and then through a distortion and then mo- making it mono and then making it stereo again or something like that. You know, it's these sort of things it inspires you to do. <laughs> Excellent. Yeah. I mean, it does take a bit of getting Love used it. to, but it's, uh, yeah, I, I would definitely uh, concur. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. Uh, we did the, uh, so we've got, well, we've got a couple of topics left. I don't know whether we've got time for both of them. So is there a, uh, Charles, you said you were when you, when I sent the topics out. Does anyone want to do, look at the uh, the JMJ thing? I mean, is that something that, or should we do the uh, oh, feedback instrument? What do you think? Uh, oh God! Uh, wow! Yeah, they both they both actually are. Oh, I well, them both. Here we go. I, I, I'm going to do this. I'll go feedback, and we'll get on with it. And then maybe, this yeah. is a really interesting instrument. This is, and I, I, I don't know how I'm going to be able to pronounce this. It's called. Fialet, I think, or Fialet, and it's really interesting concept. It's basically a reverb spring with a feedback loop, and a, 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 I guess these are parametric or fixed banding cues, so you can change yeah. the feedback and tune the feedback and create these. I mean, I just I thought it was lovely, and it's a really just one of those things. You think, oh, that's just such a really nice idea for it. It's two hundred and fifty bucks, which I don't think is an awful lot for something so unique. Uh, he's making a couple, and then he's going to go into production, which may be in August, so maybe the price will even come down. But it's a really interesting idea, and it, it will... You can hear some of the really low... I don't know if it will come across on YouTube. Oh, there we go. Look at that. Oh, yeah, that's, that, that's, a, that's the money shot there, isn't it? Yeah. Oscillating springs. I mean, I guess it maybe it is stereo. I don't know. Uh, it looks like it's only got a one output but that might be a stereo I think it, I'm pretty sure it's mono I, know, I could listen to that for ages and I just thought oh that's lovely I mean here's the web page for it um, uh, and it just looks it just looks great it would really benefit from a deck saver lid wouldn't it because then it would look really interesting yeah. I mean it's almost the sort of thing that you might just want to have lying around because people go oh what's that yeah. I don't know Matt yeah, it's you, like, a, you, you it's like an analog boo. version yeah oh sorry so, yeah. I, I was just going to say so, it's like an analog version of your freeze machines Kind of, yeah, kind of. Yeah. And Matt, this is right up your street, right? <laughs> yeah, definitely. I mean, this would, I think this, as soon as I saw this, I thought that working with the Pulsar Ooh. 23 would be really cool. I mean, the sort of sounds that this thing generates is is basically when I'm making heavy techno, yeah, you've got a big kick and you've got your 16th hi-hats. And then basically you just put this underneath that with some reverb and some distortion, sidechain it, and you've got Berlin dark industrial techno. This this is the sort of thing that I was just talking about a minute ago when I'm sat and I will just make feedback paths and I will record feedback down and just sort of noise and it'll be stuff that sort of undulates and moves underneath all the sort of bass patterns and the kick drums in techno. And this is like, it's just like my dream sort of feedback techno dark machine. So this is definitely definitely on the cards now the, the one thing I, this is something a question for you all are you aware of something like this that's on the market that can create tones like this and that you can instantly grab and play chords with it 
without having to sample it, put it into a sampler, and then you play chords. Is there anything that you're aware of that captures this? And in real time, you can then start playing chords. I can't hmm. think of anything like not that. Well. I would love no. something like that. Can't think of anything. I mean, but not, that's maybe one for the no. chat room. Um, yeah. Actually, one thing I will say, uh, just to go back, one of our earliest Sonic talks when we were back uh, two offices ago, uh, it was... Um, we did, we did some experiment, or I did some experiments with mixer feedback. I just had a Mackie 1202 and I just plugged things into each other and EQ'd and just had feedback. And it's really interesting what you can get just from doing that and make a mixer create. I mean, it's not something you generally do, but it's quite an interesting concept. But uh, yeah, I know, Charles, you were keen to come in as well. I mean, it, it's, this is, yeah. like, I know it's right up your street. It is. Speaking, by the way, Matt, I just thought of some way that you could use this. You could take, you can put it on top of your speaker, have it running through a channel, sidechain it against the kick, but let the kick from the acoustic feel of the kick coming through the speaker tr keep triggering it over and over so that you yes. get this weird sort of sidechain. <laughs> that would be yes. a, a way you could mix it into music pretty Sorry, I went Absolutely. off on a nerd, nerd rant there. <laughs> send but, send um, it back into itself as well. Just yeah. send it back in again, you know. Oh if man, it's that would be so good. I mean, it, this it, it is like that old trick of you know where you take a guitar and you just press it against the amp with it with the you know with the strings open, and just just play with the volume of the amp until you get just a certain tonal feedback. And you can you can even do it by you know bending the neck a little. This is getting into guitar world, but yeah, I I love that sort of sound. And then that's the kind of stuff I do sample and end up using as chords and so forth. But I don't know of anything that does it you know, right then and there, except maybe stutter at it might. <laughs> well, uh, so tasty, chips, tasty Chips GR1 is yeah. coming in from uh, from uh, the uh, Twitch chat, which I can't unfortunately show at the moment. But uh, yeah, that might be something, but that's more granular. So it's not quite the same. It's, that's plucking kind of a harmonic grains, which is a different thing to this. I don't know, Dominic, you, yeah. you look a little mesmerized there. Did yeah. we lose you for a minute? No, 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 I was just thinking the bit, uh, what's it called? Uh, Bitbox. Bit it was worth a, worth a try. Nothing will actually do the multi-sampling bit well. Um, but anyway, here's here's the poor man's version. Mm. That's uh, I've Just done a share. lot of stuff with spring reverbs. That's that's the thing you put in your guitar amp for about thirty quid off of Amazon or whatever. And since way back, where sort of the dub reggae guys first started with spring reverbs you can get those kind of effects really easily. But the trick to making them sounding amazing, if you're thinking of just putting it as a reverb, like its original use on a snare, is to EQ the sound going in and also perhaps add a little bit of delay to it. And this thing does it all in the box, which is perfect. And the addition of feedback just is, is I don't think I've ever seen anything like this, but it's such a brilliantly obvious thing to do, to turn it into an instrument. Um, and it's not outrageously expensive, and it looks the part. Um, yeah, it's, it's absolutely genius. I mean, if they've yeah. been smart about it, what they should do is put an audio input in there, so you could just use it as a yeah. really weird yeah. spring reverb with kind regeneration. Of yeah, well, that's I what you, that's why you set it on top of your speaker. That becomes the audio input. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> I mean, then the other way of doing that is you can put your your speaker on your snare drum and mic the snare drum. You can compete in reverse. That my amazing yeah. video that I did with the incinerated dustbin. Yeah. I don't know if anyone's seen that, but you uh, know, yeah. you a speaker at the bottom rattling around and a mic at the top. It just sounds brilliant, you know. So yeah. kind of experimenting around with with stuff like this. Spring reverbs are are epic, but 
what really, really makes the difference is the EQ, because if you start sticking a kick drum through it, it will overload everything else. So you EQ it off a little bit. It sounds great. And this is this is in one box. But yeah, they absolutely need to, to put a jack in the back so that it can also just act as a standard spring reverb because you've got everything you need in there with the feedback as well. It'd be awesome. I wonder what the limitations are in terms of overloading a spring. I mean, has a spring got a frequency response that it can only no, it just work rattles. Between. I mean, imagine the sound when you drop a guitar amp with the spring on and it's going mm. bang, bang, bang. Yeah. That's about as bad as it gets. Um, I mean, these these springs that I showed you, all you've got to do is plug the output into a mic in because it's very low level and you have to drive the sound in quite hard. So like a, a little amp or something will drive them and you can build your own versions. But to be honest, this, this has got everything you ever need. I'm not sure why you'd want to, Wanna, um, and two two hundred and fifty bucks. I mean, uh, oh. while well, not you know dirt cheap, yeah. it actually seems very reasonable for such a lovely object as well. I think. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah. I mean, if they had the, the input on there beautiful. and an output for an alternative spring, because you can get lots of different spring sizes quite cheaply out of you know, spares for yeah. guitar amps and stuff. Yeah. Um, mm. So that is your brain and the ability would, would would really just make it you know groundbreaking. Two extra sockets. Interesting. Yeah, well, if you want to check it out, uh, I, th I put the link in the show notes. I'll post it again so that it's timed with my what I'm saying at the moment. Uh, i just paste that in again. Uh, yeah, I, I think August is when they're going to go to production. It's going to be obviously very limited amounts of uh, production run, I guess. But it looks lovely. Uh, and yes, finally, we did talk about this last week. Um, last week, we talked about um, what the future might be. And my rather sort of... Uh, dystopian sort of bleak output you know somebody will say hey what happens if they figure it out and we can all go <laughs> uh, go places together and enjoy our company and I, I must admit I hadn't actually considered that particular option in my particular monologue but um, what came up is uh, Jean-Michel Jarre posted he did a, a VR concert uh, on June the 21st which it's kind of I mean I, I've got it here and uh, uh, let me just it's pretty old school. Let me just post, uh, put this up. This is posted by a chap called uh, or a gamer tag VR, and this is this is what it was like. Although obviously it's not in VR. So this was uh, the oh, venue, cool. and you could be there, and that's JMJ's avatar, and there are some really freaky people hanging around here. So, and I think it was available for most 3D platforms. You downloaded a specific app from the Steam Store. And then, and then you did your own thing. And this is this is just a recording of this this chap's experience. And I mean, we're not getting the sense of space or anything or any of the movement of the audio. So <laughs> you know, we're missing the drum. I don't know. For me, that just seemed like so second life. It seemed like about twenty years ago. I'd much rather see a three sixty video of him in his studio personally. I don't know. I I, I mean, I, you know, round of applause for exploring the possibilities, but. I, I, I just didn't, I don't know, I just couldn't, I couldn't get my head around why that was any good. It, it looked terrible. <laughs> I mean, it, looked, it looked terrible. I, I, I like uh, in that video, the guy's, when he, he's at one point, he turns to, I guess, I hopefully, hopefully it's a friend of his, and he's sort of caressing his friend's head. He's like, hey, this is the future, or whatever, you know. Um, but uh, yeah, I just, I, I don't know, man. Yeah, I think the 360 video would be much much better there is or is that just because we're a... nerds you know so you know bearing in mind we're not I, can, I mean also wearing a vr headset with that sort of level of intensity and stimulation for i don't know that was half an hour i don't know how long the gig was i mean imagine an hour and a half you you probably 
require hospitalization when you at least <laughs> yeah. training yeah. to be able to get to get up to you know be able to cope with that some form of right. drugs there, yeah. yeah exactly there there's that um i well i i sent you uh, an email the other day i, I don't I, because of all the email hacking that's been going on my on my end not i'm not hacking people's emails but people have hacked my emails um i sent you a thing about the potential future of what's going to happen with live shows which is ah, because we've had this natural that. experiment yeah it's it's this article i think it's the guy i'm, I'm i got it in my head that it's the guy who runs claire brothers who wrote it? I, I can't remember. It was it's some big, big person in the industry, and they said, you know, if we'd had a concert, I said, hey, let's have twenty concerts and let's wait a month and see what happens. It would people would think, oh, that's quite cruel, you know, because that's a terrible, terrible experiment to have. But uh, what we've had something similar to that, which is all these protests, and so we we'll see what mass gatherings like that are mm. actually going to be doing. But I also just heard. Um, I think it was a couple of days ago that it's a Live Nation thing or something like that where they're going to use uh, arena and stadium parking lots and they charge per car and people can drive in and have a concert. And they, uh, I think you're allowed like four people per car maximum or something like that. But but it's you, your car it's becomes your sort of isolation bubble. Yeah. So, yeah. So that, that might be kind of cool. Although it seems like it'd be kind of weird from a – nerdy audio perspective it would be a little weird because you know you're basically trying to mix to people through their windscreen coming through their side window so if they're if it's convertible and they can sit up then that's even better but yeah i suppose yeah, technical I don't know. Challenge. nothing nothing that probably couldn't be uh, uh couldn't be well i don't know, Dom, i mean you know you've you've played with uh, the, the vr land and world and you know new technology I don't know. That looked really old school to me. It looked like it was so yeah, retro somehow. I mean, your your analogy to Second Life is 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 a good one. I mean, ten years ago, I worked with uh, Sony and Paramount and Warner's doing um, in world promotion for films and stuff, where they would get a whole bunch of the actors and the talent from. Oh, this, we did uh, Transformers, Die Hard, the new Star Trek, um, and a bunch of fans and bloggers into the same room and they would ask each other questions and kind of interview them. And it was a really good way actually of getting people from all around the world who would won competitions and stuff to talk virtually to the stars. And we really had the stars there. They happened to be sitting in a hotel room somewhere and I had them all mic'd up and avatars in world. And it was one of those great, great press, but not a really great experience. You know, you have to do that kind of stuff to push the envelope a little bit. Um, and to be fair, VR stuff always looks really terrible in 2d i mean yeah, don't underestimate no, the well we don't know whether we yeah on. we don't know whether we had a, a cheap headset for instance yeah, no that's true, and, I, and i mean i'm not defending it i mean the, the, there is a massive novelty effect on even blocky polygons like that in a, in a vr in 3d do make you do give you an experience that is that is pretty immense but it doesn't lend itself yet to this kind of thing. I'm not sure it ever particularly will until VR is not actually virtual. It's at least augmented with real pictures and real stuff going on. So yeah. that you can, it's almost like a VR version of the 3D photo that you were talking about. But it's a great little thing to get some press and yeah. it almost doesn't matter that it was pretty crap, to be honest, but somebody did it. It was there. People actually took part. It didn't break. Um, yeah. And it'll be there, concept, you know. I suppose. It is, but it's nothing more than that. It's great. It's great publicity, but not the kind of experience you'd pay for, I don't think. 
I don't know, Matt, do you think that this is a sort of almost... It's almost in the way chip tunes and kind of old SNES games have come back in fashion. Maybe this is a sort of... It's like one of those well, cyclical technology things, maybe. I don't know. Perhaps, perhaps it'll be one of those things we'll look back on in about 30 years when it's really good. And we'll go, do you remember in 2020 when Jean-Michel Jarre did that thing online? It wasn't quite good. And he was a bit, yeah, it's on YouTube. Let's check it out. And then... it you know, 50 years down the line, there we are. And we're just, it's just like, um, what's that film? Ready player one, you know, mm. that's, yeah, that's he'll be dancing as a, on, on the table when he'll be there in his, in his avatar on your table, on the table. Well, yeah, this, I, him, I, you know? I think, um, I think they'll just be here as like holograms in your room. Like there's Jean-Michel Jarre with his synths. And I want it, uh, I'm going to choose this synth, this synth, this synth. And he's going to be playing there right in my room. And I'm, me and my mates are all going to be sat around, and there he is, you know, like a hologram in your room. Now that, you pay, you that pay kind of, a premium and he actually communicates with you, perhaps, yeah. <laughs> yeah, or you get to have a go on his EMS synthy or something like that, mm. you know. Um, uh, you know what I think but, this is? I, I, sorry, you carry on, Matt. I've, I've got a theory. Well, I was only, only just going to do just a sideline in that, uh, well, you know, surround sound and all that and immersive sound. Interesting to hear about the Apple AirPods. I don't want to go off on one here, but um, they're bringing in that kind of surround sound thing now. Did you watch their... No, I didn't, I, I, So I didn't basically, uh, as I understand it, you've got your AirPods Pro in and you're watching Netflix. It will head track you so that even if I turn my head to the side and I talk to my mate over there, the voice stays central uh, here. I want, that sounds like Waves NX tele- technology, doesn't it? So mm. it's, it yeah, is. it's that kind of thing. And, and so basically you're always in... They, wherever the, the sound is emitting from, that's yeah. where you're in. And so you're positionally and relevant. Yeah. Well, that will make a big that, difference. Yeah. It's pretty cool. Mm, to the yeah, latency. Cool. Well, okay. Now, here's my theory. Jean-Michel Jarre looks great, you know, he, but he is, you know, he's, he's over 60, isn't he? He's not a young man anymore. I don't even know that he was performing live there. He could have just been <gasps> yeah. going bonk. He could have just pressed playback. There's no, there's no way of knowing Agreed. for sure how much was actually happening. And if I was him, I'd be thinking, you know what? This would be great because I could just run all of these concerts. They could be full playback. They could just be the interactivity. The experience is AI or through VR generated. And I'm not saying this from a cynical point of view. I'm just saying logistically, it's very yeah. hard for him to do those gigs, you know, partly because moving all of those things around. I mean, it's just, but also because it's, it's hard to, you know, that, given the current, you know, world situation. So all of those things, you know, he could be kicking back. He could be having a barbecue in his back garden while this is going on, entertaining some close friends. And meanwhile, there's 2000 people in a VR environment getting down to his, music in that situation. So I'm wondering whether or not that, that that's what it's like. This is what I'd like to happen, but maybe it won't. Well, that without whole... naming any names, I think there's a few people that kind of already do that on stage anyway, right? <laughs> How dare you? How dare you? Did I just say that? How dare you? My word. <laughs> You're saying that the most important person at a Chemical Brothers gig is the, is the lighting guy. That's outrageous. I don't think Sounds that's what guy. you said, Dom. Did... <laughs> Did you just say that out loud? I'm not sure you meant Did to. I? Oh, no. But anyway, well, no, what I was going to say was going back to uh, what you just said, the, um, if it's not interactive, then yeah, it's absolutely pointless. That's the whole point of these things. If you are literally watching something on stage, which you can't interact with, you can't ask a question or, you know, he doesn't stop halfway through and, and interact then yeah, there's no point. You might as well just be watching a film in there. And and you could well be right. You could have been watching something that's completely pre-staged. And I was actually I'm no, in no the effect. chat room. This again, uh, uh, Steph, uh, Steph Tastic in the, the 
the Twitch chat room said it was a big message in the waiting room before the Jar concert. The thing was pre-recorded and the entire VR nah. chat world was generated for the concert. So, I mean, fair nah. play. I mean, I, you know, I, I was probably being a bit overly cynical, but I, I would have, again, I would have gone for a 360 VR recording. I don't care if it's live. I mean, if it's live, it'd be mm. more thrilling. But that with a chat with the people that are experiencing at the same time, would, that might be enough, mightn't it? Or Jean-Michel Jarre in the chat room going, oh, God, this is the bit I've known. Yeah, this is the bit where I messed up a bit. Watch for this. You, you probably wouldn't have noticed unless I mentioned this. You know, that's the stuff. But then, you know, that's, that's the sort of inside tech angle rather than your average punter, perhaps. I don't know. I'd yeah. pay for that, maybe. Or I'd certainly try and get a free ticket. I'd send a couple of emails asking, you know. <laughs> I'm going to wait for the holograms. <laughs> it's all about the holograms. Yeah. Oh, well, anyway. Um, I don't know. It's all, I think it's fun, and I think this stuff is going to move really, really fast. And I don't know if any of you... I, I talked about it last week, the uh, soccer, the idea of having a soccer audience DJ so that, you know, the the... That someone's playing reactive sounds that, of what's happening on the pitch, which would probably help the fans, uh, uh, help the uh, uh, the players get a bit more into it, and certainly pep up the commentary because it's really weird just hearing a, blo a load of blokes shouting in the distance while somebody's commentating on it. It's, it just doesn't feel right. But then I thought, what if they got it wrong? And they played a sort of, you know, some kind of funny falling over crowd reaction to just uh, just before a penalty <laughs> went, you know, and then would that nullify the goal because it affect the way the play? I mean, it's just a, a minefield, absolute minefield. <laughs> anyway, I think we're probably done for today uh, and it's, it's hot and uh, the sun is up and... Uh, uh, wherever you are, I hope you're able to uh, relax a little bit. I know we had my, my mother is in our bubble and she came over for something to eat in our garden yesterday. So that was all nice. And I'm sure you're all where you are in the world, or at least I hope you can start to sort of expand your horizons a little bit and start to come out blinking into the summer sun and the, and the, and the weird world of actually interacting physically with people again, which is, is probably going to be quite difficult for some of us. But hmm. Mr. Charles, Chicky Reeves, thank you for joining us. I know you're mixing like crazy, so you're sort of carrying on with that so that's great um and lovely to have you thank you glad to be here glad to be here and also mr dominic hawken uh thanks for thank joining you us youtube.com mr wiggly got anything planned anything coming up yeah a bit of looping videos i hope um ah, okay. so i just started going going through those so yeah watch that space excellent um, check that out you can see the uh, uh youtube mr wiggly uh if i can do yeah it's just just there there it is uh, and also Mr. Matt Hodson also doing lots of live streaming. And I guess yes. now school's out. You can you can start getting down to yeah. it and making more I'm, music, I'm right? Definitely taking some holidays, come at the right time as well. My hearing coming back. I've, I've just recorded down four tracks this week and I'm really, really happy about them. So, I'm, yeah, I'm in that moment of um, that always that special moment of, listening to your tracks when you're out on a country walk or you sat in the kitchen having your breakfast and you're just like, I'm just going to have a quick listen to this mix of my, one of my tracks, you know, that just having that connection with music again in that way. Yeah. I've missed it for about three months. So yeah, I'm back in there and I'm, I'm looking well, of course, forward to, you can, um, oh yeah, cause you can hear properly. That must I be. can hear again. Yeah. Hallelujah. Thanks Praise for having me. me. <laughs> well, that's oh, it. But... Oh, by the way, oh. sorry, one thing I forgot. If I can do just one self promotion, I just did a, on the Chicky and Coco uh, YouTube channel. I just did a cover of I Saw the Light, Todd Rundgren, just so you know. 
Okay, brilliant. <laughs> there you go. I will check so that go out. listen to that. Yeah, yeah, that sounds great. Okay, absolutely. Yeah. That's more than fine. Well, thank you very much, everybody. Uh, we will now uh, see if I can... And I didn't start the stream terribly well. I'm sorry, I missed it. I sort of zoned out and forgot to press go. So I might have clipped the front of the animation off. But it'll be back next week. Uh, so that's it for this week. And we will wave and see you all in the distance. And see you next time. Stay safe in lockdown. Enjoy your lives.